Blog Talk Radio. And now, here's your host, William Powell. The King of DC Media. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. We've got an engaging and entertaining episode of the Inside Acting Radio Show tonight. My guests are Wolfpack Theater Company founder, William Dean Leary, co-director Christopher Overly, and actors Christian Zeligsnog, Rachel Sharp, Angel Duque, and Alex Reeve, all of whom are involved in Spring Awakening, which plays at Greenbelt Art Center. The show opens September 14th, and you can find tickets by navigating to greenbeltartcenter.org. You can also find out more about Wolfpack Theater Company by calling 2406555. No, I'm sorry, 5654144. Bring Awakening is a musical based on a German play written back in 1891 by Frank Wedekind. And the show actually tells the story of two teenagers discovering the inner and outer tumult of teenage sexuality. The musical employs alternative rock in its score. Now remember uh, that you can get booked on the show by contacting me at william400 at yahoo.com or you can friend me on Facebook at William.T.Powell and contact me there. Also, we have a fantastic uh, group on Facebook, uh, Inside Acting Radio Show listeners and guests. We have over 1,500 members, and it's a very fun group. You can go on there. You can post your acting reel. You can post your IMDB page. Sometimes we have a contest uh, where we judge... Uh, the best IMDb page, uh, we look at reels. You can also post uh, any interesting things you find about the entertainment industry in there. Uh, we have polls. We have interesting stories. And, of course, you'll find a lot of links to the show if you go out there to Inside Acting, whether your show listeners and guests group on Facebook also, if you go to Instagram, I'm out there at uh, William Powell 8796 on Instagram. Yes, indeed, yes, indeed. You can also advertise on the show. Did you know that? If you contact me at William400 at yahoo.com, you can definitely inquire uh, about. Uh, advertising your show opening uh, or your business uh, on the air. We are heard worldwide. So I see the switchboard is lighting up, uh, and we're expecting more people to dial in, but uh, I guess I'm going to have to go ahead and bring on the folks we have here on the the switchboard. So let me go ahead and... uh, Bring everyone on in. Good evening. Who's on the line? 
You have Bill Leary with Christopher Overly, Alex Reeve, Christian, I can never get your last name right. Gonzalez. Gonzalez. Well, that's not what you have on Facebook. <laughs> and Richard Sharp. <laughs> okay, very good. <laughs> and then that is Angel. I think Angel might be on the line. Uh, yeah, this is Angel. Oh, okay. Okay, okay. so we got everybody. Fantastic, yes. fantastic. <laughs> and I don't think we had, do we have Alex? Is there an Alex? You do. No, Alex. No. Okay, we got Alex. So I think that's everybody. I think that's everybody. Well, thanks for coming on the show, everyone. Uh, so now, Bill, I guess I'll start with you. Uh, give the audience an overview of the show and uh, why you chose it. Oh, um, well, for those of you who don't know Spring Awakening, it is a show um, that is set in late 1890s with a uh, contemporary pop rock score. Um, It deals with a lot of heavier issues, but it looks at the sexual awakening of teenagers in the late 1800s. Um, It's a really wonderfully well-written and beautifully uh, scored show. It's absolutely amazing. Won eight Tony Awards, something like that, that back in uh, 2006. Was it six or seven? Eight. Eight. Okay. I'm pretty sure it was 2008. Yes. There. Um, We have an incredible cast. And uh, this is the uh, most amazing show that I think Wolfpack has ever done, and I've been incredibly proud of all of them. But we chose this show um, based on the issues. Uh, It deals with homelessness. It deals with suicide. It deals with uh, some adult themes. Um, Some. Some, yeah. (laughs) A portion of all proceeds will be benefiting Community Crisis Services uh, for the Homeless and Domestic Violence Programs. Um, So we are very proud to once again partner with Community Crisis Services. That's awesome. That's awesome. So now, Christopher, i got to go to you. Uh, What were some of the – I know you're the co-director, so talk about some of your challenges in uh, co-directing the show. (laughs) Oh, Uh-oh. no. <laughs> Bill is wonderful to work with. Um, now I, there have been some challenges because I've never co-directed before. I've directed quite a bit over the years, um, but I've always been got into my own. Um, you know, it's been interesting. And um, actually, I, I think a, we've put together a better product than I would have alone because um, yeah, I I am pretty good at what I do, but I'm not the only talented one in the room. And the more people we have adding thoughts and throwing out ideas and seeing what sticks to the wall, the better. And that's what I am taking away from this is starting uh, to trust people a little more with my vision. Okay, and then Bill, I, I got to go to you. What's some have been what's been some of the uh, challenges you've had uh, directing? Um. I don't know if they've been necessarily challenges as much as learning curves. Um, we have a huge production crew for this particular show. And when you bring that many people into the same room and they all have their own ideas, their own thoughts, their own processes, um, it can be a little 
a bit of a challenge when we're all together and we're all trying to figure out how to take all of these thoughts and actions and turn them into a cohesive unit. Um, this production crew has worked incredibly well together. Uh, we've been meeting about once a week, um, and we've been talking over all of the issues, blocking, costumes, music, you name it. And together, we've been able to come up with a product that, as Chris says, is far better than what any one of us could have on our own. Yeah, fantastic. I want to delve into the characters. So now, uh, Kristen, I want you to talk about uh, who you play in the show. Um, I play Melchior Gabor, um, who's the one of the male leads, along with my buddy Angel. Um, Hi there. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, I guess, uh, uh, what would you like to know about Melchior? Well, basically how you prepared to play them and uh, some of the, the uh, without giving up too much, uh, a little bit about his story arc. Um, well, I definitely, um, I, I had to do a lot of character building with, um, with Bill and Chris on, um, under, they helped me better understand what Melchior, what his journey is. And, um, and, oh man, this is a hard question. <laughs> and, uh, well, you don't have to it, give away yeah, too it, much. I mean, just the, just the basics. Yeah, it's a hard question without giving away too much, but he is, um, very much ahead of the other boys in his class in, in the sense, not only, um, in his grades, but like in, in the sense of mind and the way that he thinks. And Melchior um, definitely thinks, yeah, he questions authority. He's very rebellious, and he also um, he 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 also thinks he knows more than he might. So um, I guess without giving away a lot of that, of a lot of what happens in the show, um, that's the best way I can describe uh, Melchior. Um, I very much enjoy playing it and and I have a very great cast that I'm working with so I'm I'm very thankful that um it's been a good process um but yeah okay very good okay uh Rachel talk about your character hello uh so I'll just follow basically the same pattern that he did um but I mean, yes, we have two fantastic directors that have really helped us and guiding us. You're welcome. Um, helping guide us as to where we should go. Um, but at least for me, uh, I'm pretty bookish and in my head. So, like, I thoroughly enjoy analyzing the scripts, finding all the different dimensions, and essentially is Benla's journey is just her need to understand the world around her. And that honestly gets her into some trouble, but there's an acceptance in that trouble and knowing that it helped her grow into a woman. Um, For better or for worse, that's your interpretation as the audience member. Uh, But yeah, I mean, that's, about the gist of how much I love her. <laughs> I, I really do love her. I know that's weird to say about a character. I love Fantastic. 
Fantastic. So, Angel, um, so talk about who you play. So, I'm playing Mort Steeple. I am Melchior's best friend throughout the show. Um, Moritz is a character that has a lot of angst building up because he's been having these dreams. He's been having these dreams that he doesn't know how to interpret, and in turn, they're making him struggle in school. And he has a lot of pressure coming from all over the place, from teachers, from his parents, from his peers, and he doesn't know what to do. And he turns to Melchior for some guidance. So that's about the gist. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, Alex. You're like, no spoilers. (laughs) Right. Alex, talk about your character. Um, I play a character named Ilsa, and um, she's a really interesting character in this show to sort of delve into because um, a lot of her arc happens off stage. So um, I've been working with the directors a lot on trying to um, make sure that the moments that she is on stage, you see the different steps of that arc through the show, and I feel like we've come up with um, a really good um, through line so that, like, I have something to work with, but um, mainly her character, um, her main goal or achieve, um, what she wants to achieve throughout the play is she wants to find this freedom because everywhere that she finds herself, where whether it be, like, at home or... Um, or even um, if she were to leave home, um, her new home, all of these newfound homes, they've trapped her in some way. So I think she's really trying to be free and to escape. And with that as a through line, she faces the fact that sometimes when you free yourself, you have to leave other people behind, which is a theme in the show. So I think it's a, it's a fun character to play. She uh, doesn't have the happiest of journeys, but... Um, I think the challenge is to find like beautiful and happy moments with characters that are really stuck um, in their sadness. Yeah, that's that's true. So now, Bill, we got to talk about this music. I mean, you get this pop score. So talk about how you your you brought all that together. Well, we, um, as you may know, um, the book was written by Steve, book and lyrics by Stephen Sater, and uh, the music is by Duncan Sheik. Um, as we were putting the show together, Chris and I had looked at a couple of different musical directors, and Chris had worked with an amazing uh, lady named Jennifer Quilty in the past. And we met, and she clicked with both of us immediately. Um, and she has been absolutely wonderful with the cast, pulling the best voices um, out of them that are possible. Um, she understands the angst of the show, and she really understands the uh, journey that each one of these characters take. And she's helping the, the cast to really find those individual voices. Um, Chris and I have worked really closely with her um, to try and develop because in a lot of musicals, you have a storyline and then you have a pretty little song. In this particular show, the storyline 
really comes from the songs as much as it comes from the book. And it's amazing to watch these incredible young actors find those moments in each individual song. And I would put this show up against any one of the big companies downtown any day of the week with this cast. That's so nice. Oh, well, you know, thank you. Yeah, only yeah I've years. heard it's a phenomenal cast. So getting back to your cast, uh, finding moments in the book and the music and everything. So, Christian, I'm going to go to you. So now preparing for this role, how did you is – it, is it a case of you looking at the book and then also, I guess, your lines at the same time, or did you try to emphasize uh, music first, the musical side um, first? So, so um, I will always say that the music – has always come first um, in for me. Um, the way that I I worked to get where I am with this show specifically is that I had to keep a couple things in mind. Um, well, first I had to listen to the soundtrack as I was just uh-huh. listening to music. I, it wasn't like oh this is a show I'm gonna do. It was a show that I was just I was a, a just a album that I had in my in my, you know, phone, and I was going to listen to it um, without any context. And then um, I started picking the songs that I really liked, and I was like, okay. And then I started seeing how they they fit in the story. But something that I had to keep in mind a lot is that these songs, unlike other musicals, kind of like what Bill said, unlike other musicals, um, the songs really don't move the plot forward in this show. They just come out of angst, but they're very important to the story as well, I feel. So um, that's my opinion, uh, but uh, that's, that's kind of how I had to, like, prepare myself for this. Um, so Yeah. Now, Rachel, what's your, what's your opinion of that? <laughs> um, to be completely honest, I was kind of shaking my head when he said that the songs are separate from the plot. I I differ in that opinion solely because there are journeys within each and every single one of the songs. To be completely honest, once you, it, when and if you come to see the show, um, there we go. Uh, when confidence, um, yes. But when y'all come to see the show, just when you get home after all of it's kind of hit you, I would definitely suggest going back and listening to the first song and really listening closely because there's so there's so many beautiful messages within each and every song, and it just it touches you. And at least for me, on the technical side, yes analyzing the lyrics, analyzing the text, being able to look at the notes and realize, oh, that's why they wrote the notes that way. That's why it's a high note. It's because that's the height of emotion or, or is it the opposite? I'm, I enjoy doing that so much, but I believe that with every one of the songs, there's something beautiful in it for every character. So that's the same Hi, this yeah. is Alex. <laughs> hey. I, I'm going to play devil's advocate here. Um, uh-huh. I agree with both of you in that I think, no, I, I'm just, I'm going to just bridge the gap. Um, I think that Christian's right in the sense that the, 
the songs don't necessarily move plot forward. But I think this show is not a show about the plot necessarily, but is, which is where I think Rachel is correct. I think the show is very Rachel just whispered character driven, and I'm going to use the same word. Um, I think that um, the songs are for a lot of characters um, an aside or an expression of something that they're having in their head, but okay. they're being suppressed in some way. And so, and it's, and it's coming out. So it is like Christian said, filled with angst, but it's because um, the society and the book. So the plot of the show is containing all of these characters. So the songs are their escape. Yeah, I actually yeah, okay. agree with A- Angel, did oh, I hey, hear you? Uh, you had some input, <laughs> <Yeah>. right? <laughs> right. Okay. I'm just yeah, I was going to say, I actually completely agree with Alex as well. A lot of, uh-huh. like she said, yeah. this show is not particularly plot-driven, but the meat of the show, all of the substance actually comes from when the characters are singing and all of these things that they're expressing. But when you really think about it, they're not really expressing them. They're not happening. These things are happening in their heads. That's what being an angsty teenager in school is going through this phase of their lives. And that is what makes the show interesting. And it gives it, it gives it so much in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So, Bill, you got to talk about uh, the two C's, costumes and choreography. Well, um, we pulled uh, Danielle Weitzel as our costumer, as she is for many of Wolfpack shows, and she's done a wonderful job. Um, this is much like every other part of this particular show. Um, the costumes are an amazing and huge part of the, each individual character. Um, so Danny has worked really hard to try and find the emotions and the way that a character would dress and look and feel um, with each one of the costumes. Um, our choreographer um, is Katie Kimura. Um, she has done an absolutely amazing job um, with the choreography, and I cannot possibly thank both of them enough. Uh, Steven Weitzel is our technical director, and we're continuing to work on the lighting and special effects for the show. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I, I can't say enough good things about this particular crew. Um, we've had our little challenges, and we've had our moments, and, but at the end of the day, the show is better for all of us coming together. Yeah, there you go. I want to I want to get back circle back to this uh this whole issue of um I guess the subject of directing. So Christopher so you're you're a little bit new to directing. So talk about so far what has been your directing style? Is it more you think you're more hands-on or do you give your actors problems to solve? Actually, I've been directing for about 25 years. Um this is probably the 20th show I've directed over that time period. Um, I'm, I'm a very hands-on director, uh, but I'm also a very cerebral director. Mm-hmm. So during the, okay. uh, the, the table work, we dig down into the, the, the meat of the script and the characters, and we get down to the motivations yeah. and all the, 
that's the fun stuff for me. Um, and okay. We build these characters and we give them all these ideas. And I, I, I tend to ask questions. Um, I try oh, not to yes. give. <laughs> I, I try not to give. This is what you're feeling. Or I, I try to ask questions. What's going on here? Okay. What, what is the what is the character trying to achieve? What what is their feeling toward this other character? It, 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 those are really high level things. I, I get very specific and ask very specific lines. What are you trying to achieve by saying that? Uh, then whenever we move into the blocking, I'm I'm very hands on. I'm up. I'm on the stage. I'm moving amongst the actors, showing them what I'm looking for, and and things like that. So it's kind of a combination of the two different styles. Um, I will normally rough block an entire show within a week. Yeah, it was within two days. Um, I blocked okay. all of Act One in, in one. Uh, I blocked the whole show in two days. Um, it's just a framework, but that gives you something to build on. Yeah, absolutely. Blocking is very important because that's that's uh, a lot lot comes out of that. So now, Bill, I got to go back to you. You've built wonderful sets. So talk about the set for Spring Awakening. <laughs> this is the most minimalistic set we've ever done. Um, we've chosen to allow the characters to drive the story. So it is truly black box theater. Um, as you know, we're, we'll be at Greenbelt Arts Center um, in Greenbelt, Maryland. Um, with this particular show, we really wanted the emotions to come out. Um, and as you know, as a director, I work a lot more with the emotional side of it than, than the uh, – technical side. Um, so Chris took a lot of the lead on the blocking, as he was saying, and then I would come in and we uh, work with them on the actual emotions um, and what they may be feeling during the individual moment. Um, so together we were able to really figure out how to best portray each of the characters. And one of the way to best portray the characters in this particular show is not to give a lot of props, a lot of scenery, um, not to overdo a set, um, which, you know, in other shows it works, but in this particular show it allows the characters to find that organic nature and allow them to really shine in their own right. Absolutely, absolutely. There you go. So now what I want to do now is uh, take a bit of a left turn and um, let's talk about, <laughs> Let's talk about audience. What we what we think we're going to get out of the audience. So I'll, I'll I'll start with you, Alex. What can audiences expect from Spring Awakening? Um, I think uh, I think an audience definitely needs to to come prepared um, because it is it deals with as we said before very heavy subject matter. But I think mm-hmm. you should expect to, despite all of that and including all of that, go home asking questions. And, mm. um, and, and Rachel has hinted at this before, but really thinking about what happened and how we can prevent things that like what happened from happening again. Because I think even though the, the original play is set in, in this, the musical is set in the 1800s. 
um, that oh, many of the issues are extremely relevant today. So, um, yeah, that's my. Hmm. Okay, Angel, how about you? Me? Who? How to answer that question? <laughs> um, I have to agree with Alex and um, Rachel about it. A lot of the importance of this show is about asking questions and questioning why we um why we accept certain things to be the way they are, um, and analyzing the reasoning rather than right. just accepting them and becoming this sort of drone that just goes through life, um, hitting certain marks that we are expected to by society at certain points. And then um, the reasons as to why a lot of the times people are crushed under the pressure when they don't follow, when they don't follow, they don't meet those standards. Okay. William, one thing that okay. I did want to um, put in with this particular show, um, one of the things that we decided as a production crew early on was we wanted the actors to go through what's called a safe talk training, um, suicide alertness for everyone. Um, so uh-huh. our cast and crew have gone through that, and we will have a representative from Community Crisis Services available in the lobby both before the show, during intermission, and after the show for anybody who may be triggered by some of the uh, the deeper themes in this particular show. Yeah. Um, so we will have trained counselors available. Now, I don't expect that to be an issue, but in for a matter of safety and for a matter of making sure that our audience is taken care of and has the full experience from the moment they walk in that door until the moment they walk out that door, we chose to have that representative just on the off chance that somebody may have any kind of adverse reaction. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, that's some very deep themes there then. Yeah, so now, uh, Rachel, what what do you think audiences can expect from uh, Spring Awakening? I think that they can expect to see themselves. When they were younger or now, um, I would definitely say um, – do not bring younger children. Um, um, mm. Just please. Um, it's definitely PG-13. Uh, if I had Ooh. to give it a, 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 a rating. <laughs> PG-13. <laughs> PG There's the internet. Um, but I... Thanks, Angel. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. But with with that in mind... I would definitely say leave leave your heart open to and leave your mind open to this because I, even if you've seen the show before or you've listened to the soundtrack, like I grew up with this soundtrack. I've been listening to it forever, it feels like, even though I'm only like 20. But, um, but come in, please come in with an open mind and with open hearts to receive our version of Spring Awakening. Yeah. Hi, this absolutely. is Chris. Um, yeah. One thing I wanted to mention is, um, so I've seen this show probably four or five different versions of it, and uh-huh. what Bill and I did in our early discussions is we wanted to try and make it as authentic as possible. Uh, in previous productions, uh, even the the Broadway version, they kind of um, 
caricaturize the adults and they miss that exploration of the children's interaction with the adults. Um, and we don't do that. We try and make the adults as authentic as possible as, as the children are. But everything's still seen through the children's eyes. Um, and we actually, the play space, the, the space of the stage is their, their, their rooms. That's their, their place of growing. And, and whenever they actually make a decision, an adult decision, that's whenever they go through the doors at the back of the stage because they've entered in the world of the adult. The adults actually make all of their entrances and exits through the upstage doors, and the children make all of their entrances and exits through the alleyways while children. Um, hmm. And that's something we've tried to keep very true to. And uh, it's actually it's, it's really turned into a very beautiful, beautiful kind of motif, and we have some really, really nice, beautiful moments going on because of that, that, um, what's it called? Uh, not motif, but conceit. So, yeah. Yeah. Huh. Uh, one thing I would say though, to go along with what Rachel said, um, yeah. If you bring, if, uh, people bring children under 13, I wouldn't recommend it necessarily. And I would expect children 13 to 17 or 18 that parents will have some com- will need to have some conversations with them after this show. Mm. Good conversation. Yeah. It's, um, it's, it's hopefully very heavy, <laughs> heavy themes. Yeah. Rachel's directing us all over here. Talking, <laughs> she's waving her up. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yes. Now, Bill, Bill, we got to, we oh. got to talk about the art of delegation I mean, you've built a Wolfpack Theater Company up over the years, and I know one of the things of this show, I mean, you have phenomenal cast, phenomenal crew, and it seemed to be one of your more ambitious uh, undertakings here. So just talk about, you know, the art of delegation as it relates to uh, to running a theater company. Well, with Wolfpack Theater Company, we just celebrated our fourth birthday, and we um i've chosen as the founder to expand to go into a more professional style theater and when you're moving into a more professional style theater it is a situation that you want the best talent you can find surrounding you um one of the things that i really understand about myself while i can be a really good director there are certain things that I need to let other people who know more than I do uh, handle. Um, Chris is much, much better at music um, than I could ever hope to be. He understands the, uh, the nuances of phrasing. Um, so he's worked closer with Jen than I have in that respect. Um, Danny is much better at being able to look at a costume and saying, yes, that's period. No, that's incorrect. Um, Jen Quilty, Katie Kimura, uh, Stephen Weitzel, they've all brought something very special to this production. Um, Rebecca Overly, our assistant director, Chris's absolutely amazing wife, she's done this incredible job with props. Um, and without all of them around me, this show would not be half of what it is. Um, it would have been good, but it wouldn't have been great as it will be. 
I think yeah. personally that that's the best part about theater. Like every time I go into a new process, I'm so excited to work with a new group of people because it's a collaboration and there are so many art forms that it takes to create this like beautiful performance. So it's just, it's nice hearing you guys talk about it and the process because I mean, that's like, that's what makes theater so beautiful to me. Yeah. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Real quick, I'm yeah. sorry to rewind because we I didn't I didn't get to say what audiences yes. are gonna walk away with. So, okay, go ahead, go ahead. Risk do a rewind. I'm sorry. Yeah, I was like I was like, Oh crap. Um I think my biggest I guess disclaimer well not disclaimer, um my biggest uh thing that I want the audience to know when they come see our show and I guess um what they're gonna walk away with is um I want them to feel it. And I think that's going to be the most important part. Um, feel the music with us uh, because it's, it's very, very, very important. Like we talked about the, it's very relevant to um, what's going on right now. Um, especially with a lot of, you know, uh, high school students or just even adults with a lot of anxiety. Um, it, just allow yourself to feel is, is really what I want them to walk away with and also kind of challenge them to do that is to, to feel um, it's going to be, it's get, we're going to take you through a journey and it's, yeah. it's going to be a very emotional journey and it's okay if you tear up or if it's okay, you need to hold the person that you're sitting to uh, next to his hand. Um, Cause I remember the first time I saw this show, I walked away feeling I felt, I just felt different. I know that my life changed when I saw it. Um, and I didn't know how to process it until I talked to someone about it. And it was just because I, I went through such an emotional journey. Um, so that's, I guess what I challenge people to do or what I suggest people do is just feel the music with us. Anyway, sorry, that was, that was my bit. Yeah, man, that's excellent. That's excellent. You know, I want to take a right turn now and, and kind of, Go back in time a little bit and talk about the um, audition process. So, Alex, I guess I'll start with you. Uh, so, you you walk into the uh, the room to audition for Spring Awakening, and so you know what what were you feeling? How was that experience for you? Well, <laughs> um, so um, I went to school for acting. So this. Um, this was like the first musical that I had done in a bit because I do a lot of theater around the area um, and elsewhere, but um, it'd been a, it'd been quite a while since I had been in a musical, especially uh, a musical that was so heavy. And so um, I was extremely nervous in my audition and it, I had the added pressure of this is one of my favorite musicals and I just had so much heart, um, like so much, uh, I wanted to do really well in the audition because I cared so much about um, trying to get a part in it. So uh, I walked in and I'm a bucket of nerves and they told us to prepare two songs. And my other song, uh, my second song was my more emotional song, but I guess we were running out of time or you liked what you thought and they only had me sing the first one. And I was like, oh crap, I'm not getting cast in this show. But things worked out 
And, um, yeah, so mostly um, I was putting a lot of um, maybe unnecessary pressure on myself because I cared so much about the show. Okay. Angel, how about you? Um, Who was that? Yeah, Angel, so talk about the the audition process for you. So for me, um, let's see. I had already actually had my eye on Spring Awakening for a little bit. Um, I like the themes of it. I wanted to do a more serious show because um, I've been doing a few. I had been doing a few other musicals around the area, and most of them were really lighthearted, and they were fun musicals. Not that this one isn't fun, but they weren't necessarily serious. Um, so I came in thinking of that, and that it was a bucket list show for me. And I actually did the opposite of uh, Alex, and I asked up front which of my two songs they wanted to hear. And because I wasn't sure, because I had, like her, I had one song that was um, a bit more emotional, and then another one that specifically showed a wider range and was also more similar to the uh, genre of music that um, plays on the show. And I ended up going with that one, because... They they just asked me to do whichever one I wanted, and I was a, I was a little bit nervous. I remember that they asked me to do my song again, um, and actually make more use of my hands. <laughs> but yeah, I I was really excited yeah. when I actually got the call. That's that's amazing. So now, Rachel, uh, so you go in there audition. So how was the experience for you? Um, so just for me personally, I'm actually from Orlando. Uh, I came out to Virginia to study at George Mason for theater with the concentration in musical theater. That's my spiel. Um, (laughs) truly, but honestly, I was like, wow, this is a really long drive, but this is a great musical. Um, so going in, everybody was just, I, I, I am a very nervous person. Uh, all the time I feel like but I really shouldn't be uh, just like Alex said oh right Chris and Miller shaking their head so I retract that um, but at least for me I went in with I think it was more an emotional song I guess but it dealt with more like accepting the past anyway um but I mean, I specifically remember just being like, oh my God, I love your dress. Am I allowed to say that? Uh-uh. <laughs> and I was like, uh, yes, you can compliment me anytime. I'm not going to argue. Um, <laughs> but it was, it, yeah, me too. It was a very enjoyable experience and uh, getting the call. Okay, <laughs> thank you. Um, <laughs> um, Bill called me at like, 7.30 or 8 in the morning, uh, he woke me up. It was not. And, and um, ex- exactly. And he literally woke me up and he was like, would you like the, hi, this is Melbourne Wolfpack. Would you like the part of I was like, what? <laughs> um, yes, because to be completely honest, I've never seen myself as, a Venla before this production, I always saw my, I always saw myself as an Ilsa or a Marta, honestly, truly, hmm. and actually passing, 
on my thing. You read that love. I don't know how still, but um, yeah. yeah. And then you were Venmo. Yeah. Y'all are wild. And I think Christian, I'm going to pass off to him. He had a very similar kind of attitude. Yeah, and what was your experience, Christian? Yeah. Um, <laughs> can I tell a story? Yeah. So, um, sure. I've actually been doing, um, I've been doing mostly plays the last year um, in Baltimore. That's uh, my new, like, theater home. Um, and I got to know a lot of great people and stuff. And I got to do some really amazing shows with really good deep substance um and i was really really excited but when i when i saw the audition notice for this i i'd been wanting to do a musical for a long time um it's it's been a while since it's been like a year and i was like you know what i'm gonna i'm gonna go for it um in my my audition sheet i wrote down that i either wanted (laughs) hanchen who's one of the uh he's one of the other boys and uh or moritz and i didn't even write down Melchior. Um, I went in there. I, 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 uh, I sang, I sang my song, uh, which I don't know about everyone else, but I did a pop song. Oh, you're wild. Yeah, I did. I did "Lay Me Down" by Sam Smith. And and so I, I, um, you know, I did that. I did, I did it twice. One without closing my eyes, because apparently that's something I do. Um, And and then I did, yeah. And then I did my monologue. Um, and as I'm leaving, I, I'm leaving, I left the building, I'm in my car and I, I'm driving away and I, and so, and, uh, here comes, uh, someone to grab me and Hey, Hey, and like waving me down as I'm driving away. And I parked and I was like, Hey, did I forget something? And they're like, they just have some questions for you. And I was like, Oh, okay. So I, I walked in and um I talked and the directors are there and they're like, Hey, uh you didn't put down Melchior. Would you be interested in reading for the, the part? And I was like, Melchior and uh Chris said, Yeah, the lead and I was like, um I was like, Oh uh, sure, why not? And they like, Okay, perfect. I'll send you the slides or whatever. We'll we'll uh we'll talk about it, you know, you'll be here for callbacks tomorrow or whatever. And I was like, Okay, okay, cool. Um and at eight 30 in the morning. I remember the, I, re, I remember it was 8:30 because as I was I was getting settled at work and I was like, yeah, like something really weird happened at my audition last night cuz like everyone, you know, wants to hear about it. I was like, yeah, something kind of weird happened. Like they they called me from like the parking lot and I was like, uh whatever. And I was like, yeah. And as I'm telling the story, I get this phone call from Bill. And uh, and he was like, hey, we we're blown away by your uh, audition, and we'd like to offer you the part of Melchior. And I was like, what? And I was like, uh, yeah, I'll accept. And then as soon as I hung up, I threw my phone on the desk, <laughs> and I was like, that's how you do it. <laughs> <laughs> and my coworkers were like, oh my god, that's great. Well. Oh my god, well. Bill woke us, woke all of us up. Yeah, he did. <laughs> I was already at work, and I was with two. Um, I work with two kids. I nanny um, on the side of theater, and I was like very excited because I thought I had a terrible audition. So I was like, "Oh no!" Uh, and I was kind of down in the morning, and we were playing basketball before they get on the bus. 
And so I got the call from Bill. I took the call, and they're like, Miss Alex, like, please play basketball. Like, why are you on the phone? No phones. And I'm like, calm down, okay? And then, and then I get off the phone, and I'm like, guys, I got the, you know, the audition I went to? And they're like, cool, you want to play more basketball? Like, <laughs> I'm not just, like, okay. at all. Seriously, I was, like, screaming around my house, and I proceeded to wake my dad up, and he's an insomniac, so he was not pleased. <laughs> and I woke up my best friend. <laughs> I figure if I have to be awake, apparently everybody has to be awake. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Chris, I, mean, I got to go back to you. So, Chris, so like, so in your experience as, as a director, when you're casting, is do you does it come down to to trust in your gut, or do you just you do you look at technical things like experience and other factors? A little bit of all of that, actually. Um, so I, I, I know a, a quite a bit about voice and singing and dancing. And um, whenever I, I look over their experience, but, I mean, the truth is anyone can lie on a resume. Not that I'm expecting them to, but there it is. So I actually I pay very close attention to their audition, and um, we actually had them do a monologue as well. And I ask them to change something up normally in their monologue. Not everybody, because some people just blow me away. Um, but I listen to their, their vocal technique. I listen to uh, their monologue analysis, the arc of the monologue. I listen for an arc in the song, and I see if they can take direction. And... Based on that, I normally have a pretty good idea of whether I can work with them and if they have abilities, and then I kind of go with my gut. I mean, really. Mm. Uh, we got very, very lucky with this cast because, I mean, they just, they're phenomenal, and they've gelled so well. Um, I'm just blown away by them every time I see them. Awesome, awesome. <laughs> Yeah, Bill, I gotta, I gotta ask you the same question. I mean, is it, is it a gut thing or a technical thing? I usually by my gut. Um, hmm. I look at people, and as you know, I'm a firm believer in non-traditional casting. And when somebody walks into a room, I want to feel something, whether it's anger or sadness or joy at their monologue or the style of their voice. Um, each one of the people that came into the audition, and we had a huge group audition for this particular show, um, each one of the people that are in the show gave us that extra something. They gave me mm. a feeling of some kind. Um, with the three that are sitting right here uh, beside me, um, no, each, each one of them when they walked out of it, I'd look over at Chris and I was like, okay, they're in the show. You know, the, the <laughs> role is to be determined, but they have to be in there somewhere. Um, with uh, Alex, the moment she walked away, we had, I think, five people sitting at our production table at that point, and each one of us looked at the other one and we're like, that's Ilsa. Yep. There, there was yeah. no question. I <laughs> yeah, no. Um, 
we chose a, a younger girl to play Marta. Um, we had originally discovered, decided that we were not going to cast anybody under 18 for the show. Um, but Sophia Nazarene Riazzi Sikowski, um, who's done a couple of shows with us, came in and she walked out and we were like, she's Marta. She is the perfect Marta. Um, and then each one of the other actors honestly fell into place and there was very little discussion about where they should fit um, because they each made us feel something. We had planned on having callbacks uh, the Wednesday after our two auditions and we sat around the table and we were like, yes, 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 yes. There's our cast. Yeah. And the next morning phone call started at apparently 830. <laughs> so. Yeah, I, I I cast by my gut. Well. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. And it worked. That's an amazing story. Okay, folks, we're down to about, uh, we got like six minutes left here. So um, I guess we can do a bit of marketing. So I guess I'll, I'll go with uh, Christian first. So uh, let's say you're out somewhere, you're at work or supermarket somewhere. So what would be your elevator speech about uh, Spring Awakening that would that would get people into the theater? Um, I I always I market this show at work a lot actually. Um, I say you know it's it's a story about um, discovering yourself. And um, discovering uh, not only how your body works, but how your mind's working and where your mind is going. Um, so I always, I always say, uh, prepare to be a teenager again for a little bit. True. Um, and mm-hmm. uh, that, yeah, that's kind of how I market it: is prepare, prepare yourself to be a teenager, prepare yourself to feel, um, and pre- prepare to be emotional. No, so that's wow. kind of how. Uh, yeah, and you're gonna, nice. you're gonna, you're gonna, rock, you're gonna rock out with us, and you're also <laughs> gonna have some. Yeah, you're also gonna have some very um, artful moments, and a lot of laughs, and a lot of laughs. So. Oh yeah, there's some laughs. Oh wow. That, yeah, that's, that's yeah, Rachel. So yes. Rachel, what, what, what would you say? Yeah, what would you say about it? I would definitely say uh, I kind of categorize the audience into two kinds of people, the people who know this really, really, really well. Um, like I said before, please come in with an open heart, an open mind, and just a sense of going on a journey with us because it's going to be different. I promise it'll be different. And you know what? You might even enjoy it even more or find something you never realized before. So please come on this journey if it's for technical reasons or for just because you want to feel like a teenager again, like Christian said. Um, For those who (laughs) kind of don't know what they're getting themselves into, please come Um, just because (laughs) you'll be able to experience that. And then other people in the audience, like those who know it better, will be able to experience with you. And we're all going to be there together. And, like, yeah, it sounds hippy-dippy, but, like, that's the beauty of theater is that we can all experience something in a moment that you're never going to get to experience again. So that's my elevator bit. 
Awesome, awesome. Angel, how about you? Me? Hi, you like to ask people, hey, do you like rock music? (laughs) And, I mean, it's not the only music that is in the show. It's very rock heavy. It's very energetic. And I'm like, I tell people, I'm like, just you can't beat the emotion that you can, uh, that you get from all of the characters in the show. And then also for those who might not even be familiar with it, I just ask them, like, do you know Leah Michelle from Glee? Do you want to know where she became famous? Thanks. No, nice. then you're like, we have a girl named Rachel, and she's amazing, and she does it better. <laughs> I, I don't disagree, but... Alex, what's your pitch? My pitch is I do a similar thing that Rachel does in that I separate um, into people who, well, let's just say I separate into theater people and non-theater people. (laughs) Yeah, um, and if you're a theater person, you probably have either seen or know about this show. Because it's, yes, because it's a very, very popular show. That's how good this show is, is that when I tell other theater people, oh, I'm in Spring Awakening, they go, oh, who are you? I say Ilsa. They say that's great. Um, I'll be there because it's on its on its own. the The show is so well written and so beautiful, and I think everyone has a different connection to it. Um, especially people who are the age of the cast of the show. Like we grew up with this musical. You know, it is very important to us. But anybody can like get something from it. And so my pitch is similar to people who aren't for aren't in theater. I'd say that. This is such a pivotal show in theater because it was finally talking about like struggles that like teenagers were going through and it was talking about it in a way that didn't sugarcoat it. And, um, and so I feel like everybody has a different character or a different piece of the show to relate to. And I would really love to talk to you about what that was. So that is my pitch for people to see the show. So Chris, what would you say about the show? Ah, <laughs> uh, what would I say about this show? Um, that this is one of those shows that touched me deeply. Um, so, in uh, in almost every musical I've directed, been in, and seen, there is some flaw either in the book or in the music or something that is a, that is kind of hard to work around as a director. And I, that doesn't exist in this show. It's so well crafted that, um, that I highly encourage anyone and everyone to come see it. And our take on it is so unique. I was going to say different, but that's not the, it's so unique that I think even if you have seen it before, you will definitely see it again. And this is this is like seeing it for the first time. Awesome, awesome. So, Bill, uh, you're up. Okay. Um, I think when I talk about this show, I talk about the emotions and the feelings and the balance of the show. It is a wonderful blend of music and the more humorous parts. It is human. It is humanity on the stage. Each one of us can connect 
to a different character. We can connect to the individual situations. We can connect to the feelings, the emotions. And most of all, we can just connect as the teenagers that we once were. It gives us each a chance to go back to those times and think, did we do it right? Can, did we grow? Um, you know, it's, it's an amazing show. Um, and before we go, I do want to thank uh, not only my brilliant cast and crew, um, Community Crisis Services, the Family Crisis Center, and Microsoft Corporation for funding. Um, thanks to Chris and Rebecca Overly. Um, I want to thank everybody that has been a part of Wolfpack since our beginning and all of our supporters. Please come out and see this. You haven't seen Wolfpack until you've seen this show. Nice, nice. And Bill, also throw out uh, one more time about how people can get tickets and uh, anything uh, else you want to put out there. Uh, tickets are available by going online to www.greenbeltartscenter.org, or you can call the Greenbelt box office. I don't remember the number off the top of my head. I'm sorry. Um, that one is, yes, I've can got Google. it right here. Yeah, 301-441-8770 okay. for Greenbelt Art Center. Thank you. Um, uh-huh. Tickets are $25 per person. We open on Friday, September 14th, run for three consecutive weekends. Um, this is a show that you will not want to miss. I'll see it twice or three times. Yes. We will not <laughs> That's right. Wow, wow, well, uh, uh, Bill, Chris, uh, Christian, Rachel, Angel, Alex, this has been fantastic. It's been a fantastic interview. I wish you all the best with the show. Thank thank you you for having us. Thank you. Absolutely. I really enjoyed it. Okay, everybody, have a fantastic night. You as well. Good night. Night. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right, folks, as always, let me encourage and exhort you to do something for your career every single day and break a leg. Good night. Under the dark, you pacify me. Hold my breath. Take me down, I won't fight. Beat on my heart, you drum inside me Somewhere my death Makes a sound no one can find